Welcome to the Breast of Everything podcast, your trusted resource for breast health information, support, and encouragement. Your host today is Dr. Lindsay Gold of Comprehensive Breast Care. Welcome. Welcome to the Breast of Everything podcast. I'm your host tonight, Dr. Lindsay Gold of Comprehensive Breast Care. I am very happy to introduce our wonderful guests today, Rick and Janet Stanfield. Rick and Janet Stanfield will share their story about going through breast cancer together as patients as well as husband and wife. In December 2018, Janet was diagnosed with ductal carcinoma in situ, the earliest form of breast cancer, one we actually consider a precancer. While she was undergoing treatment, her husband Rick learned that he had stage 3 breast cancer. Let's hear their story. Welcome to Rick and Janet. Hello. Hi there. How are you guys doing? We're doing okay. Thank you so much for coming on with us and discussing your story. Very unique, of course. Um, Just the close proximity of time in which you were both diagnosed. The fact that you guys share all of the same um, healthcare providers. Uh, Very unique experience. Um, Have you... You know, to friends and family, have you? Do you tell your story, and what are people's reactions? Well, I've told many of my friends, and most of them find it very unbelievable <laughs> that we're mm-hmm. both going through similar situations at the same time. Um, just isn't something that you hear of often. No, I mean, I've been doing this um, quite some time, and this is, of course, the first instance of this um, that I've had, but it's wonderful. So your stories are similar but different. Now, Janet, you and I met first, right? Right. You had an abnormal screening mammogram, and we diagnosed what we call stage zero, right? Ductal carcinoma in situ. Right. And we talked about genetic testing. Do you remember? Yes, I do. And do you remember why we talked about genetic testing? There have been several uh, members of my father's family that have had cancer, Um, his mother and his three sisters, some of which were breast cancer, not all of them. So um, something that I was aware of, but um, didn't really seem too concerned with, or most of my doctors before never seemed too concerned with. Right, right. And uh, it's our job to be concerned, of course. So, um, you know, myself and my partners, we just in general um, believe in universal genetic testing um, for all people, but specifically those um, diagnosed with any type of cancer. So even regardless of family history, we do offer it to everybody. But when there's a family history that's suspicious, of course, you know, we're a little bit more... um, pressing about it or emphatic. But um, what you say, Janet, you know, it came through your dad's side of the family. And that in itself is something that a lot of people sort of miss in their own histories. Oh, it's my dad's side, you know, so therefore it can't be a big deal, right? Everybody thinks it can only come through mom's side, but of course that's not true, right? Right. I learned, I did not know this, and I learned through you that um, men can carry the gene. Correct. And they themselves um, have an elevated risk for breast cancer. Okay, so we we then find out that you have the BRCA1 mutation, right? Right. And we talked about options for treatment, 
at the time. Correct. Yes. So you had a lot of options from the least right invasive to the most invasive surgically, right. which is a really big decision right. for people to make. Right. And how did you come to your conclusion? Well, I know we talked first of lobectomy, and mm -hmm. I prepared myself for that. Um, we did not know about the genetic testing results until after that was scheduled. Mm -hmm. When that came about, that we did learn that I did um, have the gene uh, mutation, it, it came up as a shock, I have to say. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was really prepared and ready to think through it at that point. Sure. Um, partially, I thought at that point, I was 64. I figured, well, I went 64 years without being diagnosed with breast cancer. And this is the very early form of breast cancer. So Correct. in my mind, um, I wasn't really ready to go to anything more extreme. And I, I guess I was taking the chance that, you know, this is just the first cancer and, and let's see if it ever comes back. Hopefully it doesn't. And it didn't. And fortunately, we talked about um, putting you in a, you know, um, high risk surveillance program, right? Watching yep. you closely, alternating mammograms and MRIs. Yes. Right. And so thank goodness we didn't, you know, just let you go off into the sunset <laughs> and, you know, not come back and follow up because otherwise we probably would not have found the next cancer um, as quickly, right? Right. Had it not been for a, the routine six-month MRI that I scheduled in May of last year, 2020, during the pandemic, which, mm -hmm. of course, very easily I could have put off because of the pandemic. Correct. Um, but since I was very diligent about making sure I did do my testing, yes, they found something that looked suspicious. And obviously, after um, we had a, a closer look at everything, again, we found a more aggressive form of uh, cancer at that point. Right. So this time it was an invasive um, cancer and fairly, for the listeners, you know, for fairly classic for um, a BRCA1 mutation carrier, it was what we call a triple negative tumor. And in general, for healthy people, we treat triple negative tumors um, in addition to surgery it, w with systemic chemotherapy, right? Correct. So I'm sure I do not as a surgeon enjoy breaking the news to people that they're going to require chemotherapy, but it's part and parcel of what I do. But um, what was that like for you to hear that we're going to need to, we're going to need to go there now? Well, well, I think in a sense, I was a bit more prepared at that point. You know, it'd been 18 months. I had time to kind of process being, you know, having the, the genetic mutation, um, really had more time to research, um, and in fact, I found out one of my first cousins also has the same mutation. Mm -hmm. um, so I was able to really you know, process it a little bit easier. Um, certainly chemo didn't come as a wonderful news. <laughs> right. But 
we, you know, you re- had referred me to a wonderful oncologist last time, yes. the first time. Yes, she is. And so this time it was very simple to go and talk with her again. And, and, and she really helped explain the reasoning behind the chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and surgically speaking, right? Right. It didn't take much convincing, if you will. Uh, this second time to say, okay, I think the handwriting's on the wall. Correct. We should, you know, approach this a little bit more aggressively. And you were okay with that. Yes. I, I um, at the I, time, I kind of made up my mind even before I had the results of the biopsy that if it came that cancer was there, uh, I was pretty well made up my mind and, and it took no convincing from you at all. I was right. You're right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. God works in mysterious ways like that. And it, and it did um, work out well. So Rick, we're not ignoring you, but well, at this okay. point, Believe me. <laughs> at this point in the journey, yeah. you really, you are the spouse of, um, you know, the quote unquote breast cancer patient, right? Supporting her through a bilateral nipple sparing mastectomy with um, immediate reconstruction, followed by chemotherapy. So that in itself is a role, right? I don't know if you want to say a little bit about what that was like for you. Well, I mean, I've been through cancer twice before, you know, I had rectal cancer, prostate cancer, uh, but the correctal cancer, I had chemo and radiation. So, you know, I knew I could support Janet, really not by telling her how I felt through all what I went through, but mostly what I would do as we went through her experiences together. And as we, as we worked together through all of her emotions and stuff, uh, I think it helped out. It helped me out quite a bit. Obviously, I supported her emotionally, but I also took over the household engineering portion, like <laughs> shopping and laundry and cooking and cleaning and on and on and on. But that's super helpful. Yes. The deal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it had to get done. So I had no problem doing it, you know, and so. It's true. And yes, for, I mean, not fortunately, you had previous cancer, but way back in the early 90s, right? You had colorectal cancer and have been doing great for that. And then sort of a low-grade prostate, you know, a number of years later. 2008 was that, I believe, yeah. So I guess I was due for another one, you know, three. (laughs) uh, Right, exactly. So then basically... Timing wise, where were you guys exactly when your situations overlapped? Do you remember? Oh, yes. (laughs) I I was going through chemo um, Mm -hmm. and I'll let Rick explain how he discovered his um, cancer. Oh, Mm -hmm. you you want to do that now? (laughs) Sure. Okay. Well, it was, um, I was feeling fine. I noticed that there was a spot underneath my left armpit there that had developed and it, it grew and it looked kind of like a birthmark. Um, it was a skin lesion, right? A, a, like a, yeah, but yeah, yeah. In the skin. In the mm-hmm. skin. Um, it's, it stopped growing. And so since I have psoriasis and eczema, I really didn't pay much attention to it. It was mm-hmm. just there. I, w- I didn't feel bad or anything of that nature. Um, but I eventually saw that, you know, I better get it checked out because it started having a different texture to it. Mm-hmm. Said, okay, what will happen? So I went to my dermatologist 
and I had him check it out as, you know, with my ongoing eczema and psoriasis. He eventually, after a few weeks, he eventually decided to shave it and send it into the lab for testing. And it came back mm-hmm. with adenocarcinoma. So after right. that, I contacted you. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah. Dr. Jag Tap. And so yeah. everything was like built in who to call. You didn't have to worry about anything. Everything was right there. Ooh. So we wanted to know where it was coming from because it may was just coming from my skin or was it just coming or was it originating from somewhere else inside my body? And then through a number of exams, a mammogram, the MRI, the PET scan and so on, it was to be breast cancer. Yeah, and your your situation is unique in that sometimes things present and even with a decent tissue sample, the pathologist is not always able um, to give us a, you know, a 100% diagnosis. This is where it came from. This is where it started just by um, the tools they have in, in their lab, in their armamentarium. So we sent your um, sample for a special test called um, cancer type ID, okay. right? Yeah. And that essentially confirmed based on, you know, molecular testing that yes, in fact, it was, you know, mm-hmm. more than 90% likely this was breast in origin, right? And then we went searching for where exactly was this coming from? Yes. Right? That's correct. Yes. So, so your situations, you know, really were overlapping. Janet's doing the hardest part of her treatment, you know, mentally and physically, Mm -hmm. and you're beginning, oh gosh, not a third time type of scenario. True. Third time, Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Right. So then you and I, um, we did a different surgery, right? Because we didn't really find anything in your breast per se. It was more like a mass in the armpit and in the lymph node, right? So we went and took out the skin lesion as well as the lymph nodes. Right. There was, I think, 18 lymph nodes and 15 Mm -hmm. were were cancerous. Right. So then we said, oh, okay, well, we see what's going on here made sure nothing else was elsewhere. And then I think Janet, you had, you were just finishing your chemotherapy when he was starting. Is that how it worked? Well, we had to schedule his surgery. Um, I was doing four rounds of chemo Mm -hmm. um, three weeks apart. So we had to schedule his surgery is actually between the third and fourth round. It was the week before my fourth round, because that was the week I know I'd feel okay. Mm-hmm. So we scheduled it for that, which was um, October. And mm-hmm. then I finished my chemo the very end of October. And then he started his chemo um, right after Thanksgiving. So the end of, of November. So I had a month to recuperate, to you know, kind of build up my strength before he started his chemo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know... I mean, you both know now it it's it's not like you get your last dose of chemo and, you know, three weeks later, you're you're back to your pre chemo self. No, Mm, not at all. In a sense, because I had to now be the caregiver and I had Mm -hmm. to take over all of the household chores again again. And (laughs) the fact that we have a dog. And Rick wasn't up to taking the dog out. So sure. I got out almost every day to walk the dog. 
Even mm-hmm. though it wasn't a very long walk, it was to get outside fresh air and the walking and the things I knew I had to do to and pushed myself, I think I recuperated faster because I did push myself. Yeah. And it's so important that you said that because that's actually what all of the data um, in our medical literature says. Um, it, it sounds when you're describing it to patients, you know, it sounds um, like you can hear yourself saying and it's, it just sounds silly. Like we know you're tired. We know you feel like crap, you're beaten down, but, you know, get out there and exercise, <laughs> get out there and, um, and walk and do, but truly, you know, paper after paper after paper that's ever been published literally says exactly that. If somehow you can mentally and physically push yourself there, you do in the, in the end actually feel better more quickly. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It did seem to help. And, and, and I've said that more than once that, Mm -hmm. you know, in a sense that it was good for me to make myself do those things, even though I didn't necessarily feel like it. Right. Now, Rick, since you this was technically your third primary cancer, mm-hmm. we, we did genetic testing on you as well. Correct. Yes. Right? Yeah. But yours was negative, yeah. right? We didn't find any genetic abnormalities. No, we did not. Yeah. So, which is good, neither here nor there, but um, good information to have um, so that we know, you know, going forward. Um, and you probably just finished all of your treatment, right? Right. I just finished my radiation. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm over with, I'm done with that, which is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. Now, now, now you're on the upswing. Um, yeah. um, yeah, but in the, yeah, in the recuperation phase. Right. So, and of course, Janet, you also had your ovaries removed. I did. I, that, that was in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, your suggestion, obviously, um, since, uh, in the, the BRCA1 specifically, I had a high risk of ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, being in my 60s, it wasn't a big deal to go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Now, as a male, Rick, was it yes. um, weird or difficult for you to say, hey, I'm being treated for breast cancer? Because, you know, a lot of times people are like, what? Yeah, they asked, I didn't know men. I said I had chest cancer, okay? Chest, not breast. But that's okay. a joke. Well, that works. <laughs> yeah, well, I've told a few people. Initially, I didn't even want people to know that I had sure. any cancer. I mean, I just didn't feel that well. Fortunately or unfortunately, we everybody was wearing a mask. And through my chemo, I lost my beard and hair. So oh. wearing the mask, didn't, you know, that was a cover-up, so to speak. Right. So, um, but eventually, you know, the family had to know. But that and let me make the decision of when I should have them know. Some of my closest friends, eventually I, I told, especially mm-hmm. the ones that I work with periodically. I mean, they kind of knew. So, but, right. you know, I mean, I didn't have a problem really telling them that I had breast cancer where it was found and, and so forth like that. So, Right. It, it, it's, it's, it's one of those 1% cancers. We say like 1% of all breast cancers um, occur in men, but it is an important population, yeah. um, you know, that has unique you know, unique aspects to it. Um, stage for stage, disease by disease. Um, actually, people, um, men and women, do do um, quite well. Both people, but it is. Um, this is definitely an interesting story <laughs> to yeah. tell people. How are each of you feeling today, and what do you think the rest of the year um, 
and the coming years are going to be like for you? I am eight months out from my chemo. And, you know, I did not have to have radiation, obviously, since I had the mastectomies. Um, I feel pretty well. Um, I continue to keep my walking every day as much as I can. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been going back now to the gym two or three times a week. Um, I still get a little bit of shortness of breath at times. Um, That was a big factor during chemo. and, And it still happens if I try to push myself too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, I feel pretty good. Yeah. Well, the, I, I feel okay. I mean, uh, one of the side effects is from the taxol part of my uh, chemo is neuropathy. And now my, mm-hmm. my, my feet are, you know, they're not in the best shape right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. And my, my fingertips, I can feel it. I can deal with that, but uh, it is hard to walk and it is hard to stand and, things of that nature. So, right. Um, Which yeah. makes it a little bit difficult to do, you know, what your wife is saying to get out and exercise yeah. and yeah. And that's, uh, so, so hopefully with some I tincture of time, I, mean, I will get out, but uh, sometimes Good. I have to take a cart where I'm going if I need to okay. great distances. So, that's, you know. so silly question, but since you both <laughs> see the same providers, mm-hmm. yeah. do we do, um, you know, two for one appointments or do you each make separate appointments? We have been doing separate appointments. <laughs> I mean, we have to, <laughs> uh-huh. um, I think it, it, really it's based upon the timing more than anything is how yeah. often we go in now. Um, you know, he's still being followed up on closer. Right. Um, he'll, he's actually going to be starting tamoxifen. So he'll be mm-hmm. following up on that more as well. Uh, being triple negative, obviously, I did not have to take any kind right. of hormone blocker. So, um, right, right. And Rick, for your prostate <laughs> cancer, had you ever needed to take any of the um, hormone manipulation no. medicines? No, none of that. No, no. Okay. Well, now you get to share one more thing, and maybe that's some hot flashes. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Not, not I, I hope you don't, but see what I went through. <laughs> I hope you don't have them. Um, I get them regularly, so they don't hurt. They're annoying. Yes. Okay. I'll deal with so, <laughs> knowing both of you, seeing you guys both throughout this, I would say that you know, compared to lots of people that I see. I mean, you guys were both just really had an amazing ability to stay positive and to, even if you weren't feeling upbeat, your outlook was really, you know, always take it in stride. We're going to deal with it as it comes and keep positive. How do you think you were able to maintain that despite, you know, so much quote unquote, not good news coming to you? Oh, I think we each have had our moments, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but, t- you know, I am the type of person who likes planning. So once I had the plan of what we were going to do and mm-hmm. how we were going to take care of this, that's what really forced me to keep going. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I think we both were just, okay, let's get it done and over with. Let's, right. we're going to do this. You know, we're just very practical people. Mm-hmm. And we had each other's support through all of this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, um, I should have asked this in the beginning, but how long have you guys been married? Almost 32 years. 
Oh, Thank that's you for so not wonderful. Me. <laughs> that's why I said it fast. <laughs> oh goodness! Oh, that's wonderful. Truly, that's an accomplishment. Um, so yes, congratulations. That's wonderful. I mean, clearly you have a um, uh, a strong marriage, which is you know wonderful. Uh, being divorced myself, that is, I'm very envious of that. <laughs> so, so I know how hard that is. That's wonderful. Anything else? Any other messages? Any other comments or things you'd like to share with our listeners? One thing I was going to just mention again, just to compliment you and um, our whole team um, of how how much you made it easier for us. Um, you Absolutely. and Dr. Jag Tapp, our oncologist, were very forthright in letting us know what we were going to expect, what we were going through. Um, it was just made it so much easier for us to, to deal with this. Thank you. We, we, we try our best, right? We try. Yeah. Dr. Jag Tapp is wonderful. Yeah, she is. She is. She is. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, um, I... I talked about it more than Rick. I, I, mm-hmm. I shared it with friends and family. I joined Gilda's Club, which oh, great. is also a wonderful support group. Um, obviously, everything's on, been on Zoom, but uh, mm-hmm. hopefully someday we'll be able to actually meet together. Um, I also joined uh, several Facebook groups dealing with breast cancer, cancer uh, triple negative. Um, and it was just very informative to hear what, others have gone through, um, mm-hmm. to know what to expect to what you're going to go through. Um, I know that's not for everyone, but, uh, it was helpful for me to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. That's great. That is just really great. Well, Janet, Rick, thank you so much for taking the time, uh, to join me today and for telling your story. Thank you for listening to the Breast of Everything podcast. I'm Dr. Lindsay Gold of Comprehensive Breast Care. As always, we want to hear from you. If you have a topic you would like us to talk about, we welcome your suggestions. You can send them to compbreastcare.com. That's C-O-M-P-B-R-E-A-S-T-C-A-R-E.com. Till next time. You've been listening to the Breast of Everything podcast with your host and board-certified breast surgeon, Dr. Lindsay Gold of Comprehensive Breast Care. If you have a subject you would like the surgeons to discuss, please email your suggestions online at compbreastcare.com. That's C-O-M-P-B-R-E-A-S-T-C-A-R-E.com. The doctors want to hear from you. The views, thoughts, and opinions shared in this podcast are intended for general education and informational purposes only and should not be substituted for medical advice, treatment, or care from your physician or healthcare provider. Always consult your healthcare provider first.